raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favourite things. Yes, favourites is what we are here for. And today, I'm really looking forward to this because I first saw this guy on Hey Hey It's Saturday, where I saw so much great Melbourne talent just uh, suddenly appear. And he absolutely blew my socks off because it was comedy delivered in a way that I had never seen it done before. It's Jack Levi, and if that name doesn't ring a bell to you, you might know him better as uh, his alter ego, Elliot Goblet. But hello, Jack, how are you? I'm going well, Simon, and as Elliot Goblet would say, it's great to be inside your radio. <laughs> and uh, I'd also like to add that I saw you on Hey Hey for the first time too. Oh, there you go. So it's a mutual thing we've got going. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, now, uh, th- let's get uh, let's get straight to Elliot Goblet, the, uh, the invention and how he came about, uh, because I, I, I just... That deadpan delivery you had and not blinking, I think, was a, a big part of uh, of the act. I tried to outstare you whenever I saw you on the tally, and I could never do it. Uh, where, where did Elliot Goblet come from? Well, I did acting classes back in 1980, Simon, and uh, the acting teacher told me at the end of the year that I would never make it as an actor because I couldn't show much facial expression. So uh, <laughs> that planted the seed of a, a deadpan character, and... Uh, and then I just worked on that and developed from there and figured, okay, I'm not an actor, therefore I've got to do, I've got to do material that is true to me, the, the person. And, uh, okay, so I was very much obsessed with detail, so I made a character that was very obsessed with trivia. Um, I was a bit of a mediator, so I made a character that was an extreme mediator. So an extension of myself is how Elliot Goblet was formed, really. It's uh, it's quite unique. Um, uh, the the only other, I, I guess, you get compared a lot to um, the American Stephen Wright, but uh, but there's there's differences in the you're, you're both deadpan comedians, but there's differences in the way you both perform. Absolutely, I think at times Stephen Wright makes me feel really animated by comparison. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we think comedy similarly. Yes, yeah, yeah wonderful yeah, and stuff. Deliver and deliver one line. One liner after one liner after one liner, uh, and then not necessarily connected, but just random, and that works for both of us. Yes. What I did love, though, uh, I think it was on an album you put out a few years back, uh, because there, there is that joyous thing, as you say, it's, it's one liner after one liner, and, and every line's a winner. But then there was a, a routine you did. Um, uh, oh, you did a one liner about I've set a date for my wedding, and then you named a date. And, yeah. and this, this was a live recording, and and uh, and then you said, "Now all I need to do is find a woman," or something along those lines. Which is very, that's, that's, yeah, that's right, and yeah, a bit of understatement there, really. Yeah, um, and I use that always when I MC weddings. Um, I always add that one because it's relevant to the, to the audience in the room. Yeah. Yep. But in, in this particular recording, though, then a, a little bit later on, a couple of minutes down the track, there was a very animated woman in the audience and you asked her what she was doing on that date and that and the, the, I just wet myself laughing because to, to go back to the previous joke, it was uh, it was just wonderful. And, and, and that couldn't possibly have been planned. That's just the spur of the moment thing. Yeah, well, actually, a... a, a Prior time, I'd used something similar to that where, you know, somebody yelled out something and there was a bit of a banter between us and I thought, let me refer back to that woman I'm looking for to get married So, to. So I uh, 
um, I had used it once before. It worked so well, so I recorded it as a working ad lib. Yeah. Um, Now, so when did Elliot Goblet make his first appearance? On TV, well, I, I, actually, the comedy at uh, the comedy clubs of Melbourne and Sydney mainly in in nineteen eighty one, and when I started, it was a comedy of errors. You know, one good performance followed by three, four, or five bad ones. But it, they were good exercise yards, particularly the joke upstairs. Last laugh that was a great exercise yard for me, and uh, I started on the same night as people like uh, Trevor Marmalade and Anthony Morgan, and um, but. There was a talent show called You're a Star in 1982, and I was lucky enough to pass an audition for that and lucky enough to get on the show before it finished. And when I did that spot on You're a Star, the Daryl Summers crew from their Tuesday night show, which was called The Daryl Summers Show, That's saw right. me on that show and asked me to do something uh, identical on their show, on their Tuesday night show. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. I am getting a I'm a paid professional comedian already on national <laughs> television. And uh, so that went well and they wanted me back quickly and so on it went. So I ended up doing eight shows in a year and a half on the Daryl Summers show. And that was where I kind of rose to real popularity because a lot of people watched that show back in 1982 and 83. I've heard it said, though, that the, the, one of the hardest things for a comedian is doing a TV appearance because once you've used that material... It's you can't really recycle it that much in your club gigs. Oh, not not so true. If you if you sculpt a line and you know really make it a, a a strong line, then people don't mind hearing it again. It's like a request piece, like a request song. So I was able to you know put a lot of work into developing a one liner, but then I was able to use it again and again because people didn't mind hearing it again. Just like with the Stephen Wright line, people are very happy to hear him repeat those lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember, I think the first time I saw you on Hey Hey, uh, you picked up a, you, 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 the catch cry for Elliot Goblet, I, I don't know if it, 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 it continues to this day, but it was always, I'd like to change the pace a bit now. I, I remember you saying that a lot. And in this one yeah. particular instance, when I first saw you, you said, I'd like to change the pace a bit now. You bent down, you picked up a thong and you said, oh, this, yeah. this is my thong. I lost my other thong in Adelaide. And you put it back down a bit. It was just that's right, just a non sequitur. Yeah, I'd like to change the pace a bit now. Was a catchphrase, one of many that I used. Another one was I always, I always do. I just like to say that I do all of my own choreography. That was another one. But and the thong was a good catch visual. Yes, I was able to bring it out every now and again. And in fact, that was the thing that people yelled out to me in the street there for a while. Where's your other thong? You know, oh, isn't that <laughs> yeah. fabulous? Yeah, yeah. When did you know that? Um, when did you know you'd, you'd first sort of made it in terms of you're walking down the street and people recognise you? Was was that fairly early on? Absolutely, yeah. Because so many people watched the Daryl Summers show, and I did a few in quick succession, and it was probably after my third or fourth show that I was getting recognised a lot. Um, I don't get recognised these days because I haven't got the hair anymore and haven't got the beard anymore. Uh, with the hair loss, it's the recession I had to have. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was great being recognised. It was quite surreal, actually, with all everybody, a lot of head turning and whispering and pointing and all that. I, yeah, it's uh, funny. I kind of miss that now. Have you always uh, have you considered a wig or a transplant? Oh. Or? No, I'm happy with the look I've got at the moment, I've got to say, so yeah, not fair, a problem. Fair though. enough, yeah. too. Um, now, the other thing I did as a kid uh, when it came out, I rushed out and bought 
casingle, as they were. Uh, uh-huh. I'd, I'd progressed from using mum's record player to having my own cassette deck in my bedroom, a portable little cassette deck. And I went out and I bought this. Gonna have fun in the city. Be with my girl, she's so pretty. Friday on my mind, the uh, the song by Elliot Goblet. That uh, was an inspiration. Oh yeah, I, I, um, absolutely produced by a guy called Mike Brady. Ah, is that yeah. right? Yes, he uh, produced that. He uh, he was very excited about Elliot Goblet doing Friday on my mind, and uh, um, yeah, which happened to be <laughs> was the judge the best song. Of the last century, not my version, but the Easy Beats version. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm um, sure helped along by yours. <laughs> uh, in retrospect, yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Um, now, so let's talk about uh, Jack Levi growing up as as a youngster. Where was there a time when you first realised that you know, comedy was going to be your thing? Had your parents had a, have a career picked out for you? Were you going to be an accountant or you know pro footballer or something? Oh, I think they wanted me to have a serious job. In fact, my dad just kept telling me as my comedy career, career was developing, he kept telling me, look, don't leave your day job, Jack. Don't leave your day job, which was at telecom at the time. And um, But no, I, I used to give talks at school like a lot of other kids and, uh, and I'd throw some funny stuff in and I really got excited when I got laughs. It was very inspiring. So... Um, so I guess I always kept that feeling of how good it was to get laughs. And I went to uni, got a day job. But then when the opportunity came to uh, get up and do some funny lines and get those laughs again, I couldn't resist it. So, um, you know, it, it was – I guess the seed was planted early and uh, I picked it up later in life. I did Actually, for six years I had a Jekyll and Hyde existence, telecom by day and comedian by night. Is that right? Yeah. What was the job at Telecom? I was a uh, computer analyst initially and then became a marketing analyst in my later years there. Ah, okay. Good good job or, or not? Yeah, it was so a much. good job. And, and actually, I didn't mind the, the balance of having a day job and also having this surreal stand-up comedy job. You know, the balance was great for me. But when the hobby started paying me more than the job, I thought it was time to leave and get on with the hobby. <laughs> Um, and do you, still, you do a lot of corporate work, I, I know, today. You, you, you know, I, I see bits and pieces coming out and you know, press releases saying that you're appearing at places. So the, the corporate work's good? It is. I'm not as frenetically busy as I used to be, but I wouldn't want to be. I was on and off aeroplanes all the time. So it's a nice mix now of corporate work and wedding MC work and uh, the odd birthday party, the odd sports club and the odd public event. So, yeah, it's just a nice mix. But, yeah, still doing corporate um, and getting a bit of uh, return work uh, plus word of mouth because of the fact that I always include some special material in my acts and the audiences really appreciate me going to that effort. 
Oh, so like if you're doing a, um, a plumber's awards of the year ceremony, you'll you'll work plumber type jokes into it and stuff. Yeah, I'll get I'll find out what's happening in the plumbing industry at the time, and write material around the frustrations and issues that are relevant to that audience at that time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. good. That's good. That'll hook them in. Yeah. Um, now, other TV shows, we've mentioned uh, Daryl Summers and Hey Hey, but uh, what other shows, I, I remember, I, I flicked over your Wikipedia page and it mentioned you are on yep. Neighbours. What was that about? Oh, they wanted me to do a cameo role on Neighbours and I was quite flattered. Um, yeah, I was, a, a, um, a, a, they wanted the Elliot Goblet character and as a, as a Bobby, an English Bobby, conducting the questions at a murder mystery party. Right. And I was quite chuffed to get that. The um, the script was given to me and I gobletized it and they were happy with the changes I made to bring it into character. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I've really made it now, uh, a cameo role in Neighbours. That's fantastic. That's yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. So I, got, I got famous in England for a brief moment. Oh, well, of course. Did, did yeah. that open yeah. a, a door at all? Did you go and do a tour, like the Edinburgh Festival or anything like that? No, but I did go to England for four and a half days to put down a couple of uh, gigs at um, on um, live at Jonglers for UK TV. So they flew me over for a short stint to do a couple of performances and they went live on UK TV, which was also shown in Australia and New Zealand. So... I got a bit of national fame from that. Absolutely, yeah, it was great. Nice. And English audiences loved my uh, loved my spots, and it was great to hear laughter with a an English accent. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now, do you, so do you have a, a, a great collection of your uh, television appearances and stuff, just for your own uh, your, your own sort of shelf there? Oh yeah. I, I rarely do it, but if I want to indulge, I can watch over 60 stand-up comedy spots on national television if I want to, but I, a lot of it's still on VHS. But, um, yeah, look, I've got the collection, but I rarely watch it. Uh, look, there's a bit, there's quite a bit on YouTube, uh, mainly posted by Daryl Summers, so I can always get a bit of a fix if I want it, but, you know, yes. I, I've, seen, I've seen all the gigs before. Now, uh, now some, something else. I happened to mention uh, on the radio program that I had uh, that I needed to get some socks, and out of the yep. blue, in the in the post, came some Elliot Goblet socks that you kindly sent me. Are, are they still are they still available? Is there an Elliot Goblet merchandise page anywhere? Look, there is, but I, it, it's you know just the odd inquiry for it because I don't push it at all. Um, yeah, those socks had the words. Uh, Socks that won't walk out on you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I've got the other thing that uh, gives people a smile is my bottles. Uh, they're drink bottles with the words, you only get out what you put in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I get a chuckle out of my merchandise and, yeah. And is it easily available if people wanted to uh, hop online and shop for it? Yeah, through uh, au. Yeah. There's a, there's a merchandise page there. Excellent. And it's a double L in Elliot, isn't it? That's right. And one T, yeah. I get really annoyed when people misspell Elliot or Goblet. Yeah. Sometimes they pick two T's in each. 
Yes. I don't know why. No, yeah. that, that happens. Well, I, I get Simon Owen. Uh, people leave the yeah. S off my surname. Dennis Walter gets a double N in his names, which, which annoys him in the in the Dennis. Yeah. Uh, I was reminded that it's uh, it's best remembered as penis with a D. Uh, Philip Brady uh, hates being called Phil. So we've, we've all got our things with our names. Yeah, we're all finicky. Yes. Oh, I'm a Virgo, so I've got a reason to be finicky. <laughs> Fair enough, too. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, now, so let's – it's about time we got into some of these favourites, I think, So, uh, so because that is, of course, the point of the segment. So I'm going to randomly throw some things at you now, Jack, and, uh, and just see if you have a favourite in any of these things. Um, favourite home-cooked meal? Uh, wok stir-fried. Yeah, uh, lamb or chicken – or vegetable. Yep. Uh, yep. Th- throw in some uh, – what, what sort of ingredients would you chuck in a stir-fry? Bit of uh, onion? Well, for a, for a chicken stir-fry, definitely chicken. Yep, that helps. <laughs> uh, walnuts, uh, tomato, uh, basil and coriander mainly. Oh, I'm not a coriander fan. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, Favourite shop? Favourite shop. Oh, you know, I'm a collector of old tins, so antique shops are always a bit of a favourite of mine, going in there and looking around for some old, interesting item. Uh, f- favourite comedian? Oh, look, I've got a couple of favourite comedians, um, and they're, they're comedians that really stretch me, and I love that because I I don't see where, they're com- where their gags are coming, you know. I yeah. don't see when their gags are coming, Uh Sam Simmons and Flacco. They're my two favourites. Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with Sam, but I'm a big Flacco fan, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Ball leaving he makes, he, yeah. Flacco makes me seem really ordinary by comparison, really, <laughs> really normal by comparison. Oh, yeah, he's out there. He's definitely yeah. out there. Uh, yeah. Favourite sport to play? Um, look, I used to love playing badminton, and I snapped the Achilles <laughs> Endon, which was really painful, so I had to give that away right then and there. Um, I actually snapped it on the badminton court, but I've always enjoyed racket sports. But after many years of squash, then tennis, then badminton, I guess the uh, the snap in the Achilles would would be expected. Yeah, uh, favorite voice. Favorite voice. Yeah. Oh, I do like Russell Morris's voice, and you had him on one of your programs. Yes. Uh, He's got a beautiful voice. I, I like. I, I know Russell well, and uh, been a big fan of his work. And so happy that he he's got these huge gigs at the uh, at great big venues with the backing of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. So yeah, his voice is one of my favourites. Yeah, yep. lo- lovely. Uh, favourite current TV show. Favourite current TV show. I've got to say, I really enjoy Hard Quiz. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I think Tom Gleeson's fantastic, and. Uh, it's good. It's a great educational program, and I always get a chuckle out of it. Um, speaking of a chuckle, I always say, also get a good chuckle out of the front bar. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm interested in AFL football, and uh, it's good to have that humour and football mix. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still. I'm stuck. Actually, I'm going to go back. You collect tins. I sort of just yeah. sort of glossed over that. And moved on to the next question. Where did the tin hobby start, and and what sort of tins exactly? Oh, just old tins uh, pre 1940. Yeah, it could be tea tins, flour tins, um, biscuit tins. 
Um, but I just love the colours and the yeah. and the work that's gone into those old tins. Wonderful, you yeah, know. And I've yeah. got a uh, I got a I've got a mantelpiece full of them. And uh, actually, when uh, Heidi Victoria did her book, um, a, a photo book, um, I think it was called "The Show Must Go On." I think and uh, photographed me doing what I was doing during COVID. That's what she did. She went around to known. Uh, entertain entertainment people and ask them what they were doing during COVID, and I we just concocted that I was busy polishing my tins, and it was a great photograph in her book. Yeah, nice. Now, yeah. Some of the, you mentioned biscuit tins, so some of those old Arnott's type ones and Brockoff yeah. and that are, are beautiful pieces of work. Yeah, they yeah, sure a, are. They beat what you can get at the moment. Oh, it's very dull and. Yeah, although although, although some, some companies do, you know, still put them out occasionally. You, you get a nice Anzac biscuit tin from a, a company or two sometimes with you know that with a nice embossed sort of design on it. So, it, do you, is it just the old ones, or do you you pick up some newbies as well? No, just the old ones, pre nineteen forty originally. I think I think one post nineteen forty snuck in, but that's because it looked <laughs> so good. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Uh, well, Jake, it's been fabulous chatting to you. Uh, I, I remain a big fan, and uh, not not that that was ever in doubt. I just just clarify that. Uh, but uh, it's just really good to have you on the uh, the program and podcast, and uh, I've enjoyed it very much. And me too, Simon. Thank you very much, mate. That's Jack Levi.